I swear you relish taking chances and living on the edge, but this is going too far, John Steele said to Gordon, who stoically stood on the frozen street, facing east towards the snow-capped mountains. Gordon didn't respond. He kept his unflinching gaze on the rolling terrain. Do you suppose those mountains are in Wyoming? Gordon asked. Huh? John asked. A deep frustration was building in him. Right there, directly due east, those mountains. That must be Wyoming, Gordon said, his tone calm. John stepped in front of him and said, This is a bad idea. How do you know he can be trusted? With John blocking his view, Gordon replied, There aren't guarantees in life, you know that. This meeting is foolish. Let's get back to the truck and turn back now before it's too late, John pleaded. No. Gordon, please, no. In the far distance, a single Humvee turned and began rumbling towards them. He's coming, Gordon said. He put his attention back on John and ordered, Time for you to leave. Go. Gordon, please reconsider. Gordon unzipped his coat, reached in, and pulled out two white envelopes. He gave them to John and said, There's one for you. Open it after you leave. Do not do this, John pleaded. Your nose is looking good, I mean, with all the issues you had with it, Gordon said, remembering John's broken nose following the fight with Charles and his people. And your lip, I don't think there's any way to escape scars in this world. Gordon continued, this time referring to the thick, white scar that had developed on John's lower lip, another wound from the battle with Charles. His comment made him think of the scar on his face and where he got it. Are you listening to me? You're rambling about nonsense. What's coming in that Humvee might be your end, your demise. Gordon looked at John squarely and said, I'm not afraid to die. I'm truly not. I only don't want to die because I'd be leaving my family in this world without me. Every day we take risks, and this isn't any different. If I don't figure something out, we will all lose, and I'll end up in some prisoner executed for treason. And just what are you going to say? Having had enough of this conversation with John, Gordon said, Go. It was the deal I struck with him. Seeing that John wasn't listening, he snapped. Now. Fool, John said, snatching the envelopes from Gordon's hand and marching off to his vehicle. Gordon wasn't sure how everything would turn out, but this was the deal he made, and this single moment could seal the fate of his fledgling country. John sped off and disappeared over the horizon. A cold wind swept in from the north, giving Gordon a chill down his spine. He shrugged it off, adjusting the beanie on his head. If he had to guess, he'd say the outside temperature was in the teens. The cold temperature wasn't unusual for Idaho, but the lack of snow cover was. A few storms had come in, but for the most part they were having a drought of sorts. Many in McCall and those in central Idaho didn't mind having less snow, considering snow removal was difficult at best. A glint in the distance caught Gordon's eye. He squinted to see if he could get a better look, but couldn't see anything, although he had a good idea what and who it was. The Humvee approached slowly. A glare bounced off the windshield, making it impossible for Gordon to see who was inside. Suddenly, he became nervous. Self-doubt began to creep into his mind. Is this a good idea? The Humvee lurched to a stop. The driver's door opened, but no one stepped out. The doubt Gordon was feeling escalated. He had honored his pledge and came to this meeting with no weapons. Now he wished he had something. Gordon scanned the area. The old post office was twenty yards to his left. If he had to, he could race there. A leg swung out of the Humvee and planted on the pavement. 
The rising sun in the east began to hinder Gordon. He cocked his head and squinted in anticipation of who was exiting the vehicle. Two hands appeared, followed by a voice. "'I'm unarmed. As agreed.' "'Me too,' Gordon replied, raising his open hands. "'Coming out, Mr. President. It's just you and me.'